0: Hello, Go Chuck Yourself listeners. I am not currently recording in a closet or outside, but I am recording in a bathroom, which is very exciting and probably a Go Chuck Yourself first. There is a uh, litter box mere inches away from me. Today we're going to be talking about Chuck versus the other guy. Now you may be wondering, who is the other guy? There are, in fact, a lot of guys on the show Chuck. There's Casey, there's Jeff, there's Lester, there's Morgan. There's a lot of... uh. Male shoppers in the buy more or just passers by. There's a lot of male henchmen. There's, of course, Fernando. There's Skip Johnson, who we haven't talked about in a while, but he is still there. At least I hope he's still there. Skip, are you there? If you'd uh, like to send us an email, you can do that at at gmail.com Our Twitter is gochuckpodcast. We post a lot of uh, fun chuck content and some things not related to chuck which are mostly things that i'm doing that uh i probably shouldn't post there i don't know tell me tweet at us tell me if you want me to stop doing that uh if you'd like to leave us a review on itunes or spotify and youtube i don't really know if you can do that but if you want to figure it out we'd be forever grateful we're also just grateful to have you listening so uh stay tuned here here we go
1: one and all that's right it's go chuck yourself this is a podcast all about the television show chuck and i am silently having a personal crisis because <laughs> i think it's strange that we do not have a like a tagline or a catchphrase to open the show with hello my name is chris gillespie hello
0: my name is Aaron arada i have suggested to chris that we use this space to kind of come up with a tagline or catchphrase so i'll i'll start with um how about howdy ho welcome to chuck's roundup i just watched toy story 2 last night
1: so okay so we'll write that one down on the whiteboard howdy ho welcome to chuck's roundup uh so i like it because it is friendly it seems to be greeting the listener it does imply that the show is called chuck's roundup (laughs) which it is not uh but that's fine um I don't know. I just feel like there's got to be, I just want to say like, you were listening to Go Chuck Yourself. It's the blankety blank blank. And just like a quick little log line.
0: It's the ruinous tutinous cowboy in the wild, wild west.
1: <laughs> I I really set myself up for that one. I don't <laughs> believe that. I, I can't believe that I didn't see that coming. Yeah, that
0: was really good. Um. Okay, so what's <laughs> like a famous line I, that has like, okay, like I, I didn't, have they said yippee ki mother chucker in in Chuck? I feel like they said yippee kaye at some point, but I feel like I feel like the mother chucker is not something that we use enough. And I feel like maybe there's that's like a fertile ground.
1: You feel like the mother chucker is fertile?
0: <laughs> yes, like a mother okay. would be.
1: True, true. Uh, I don't I guess I don't I stay away from the mother chuckers because it's I feel like it's I don't know. Is it cliched? Is it dumb? Is it obvious? I just.
0: That's I mean, that's a good point more. I remember as a teenager, there's a character on Gossip Girl who is named Chuck and someone called him a mother trucker. And I thought that was the funniest thing in the world as a teenager. So if you want to appeal to Aaron as teenager, you should lean Mm -hmm. into it.
1: I have only seen maybe like one episode of Gossip Girl. But I know that there's a character called Chuck, because whenever I try to find Chuck GIFs, yes, yeah. uh, he comes up when you search hashtag Chuck or a Chuck GIF. So we don't have a, a catchphrase yet, even though we are halfway through the series. That's fine. We'll figure it out. Yeah, if you have I'm any fine. suggestions, We're good. you
0: can uh, you can tweet at us. Maybe uh, we'll leave this up to our fans. We'll say yes. it. Just tell us what to say and we'll say it. We have no we- uh, principles.
1: listeners of the show know that that's fine (laughs) uh in this episode we're talking about chuck versus the other guy
0: not Chuck versus the other guys which I believe is a Mark Wahlberg film
1: yes and I was waiting for you to make that joke (laughs) it happened way sooner than I thought it would but I'm glad that we got it out of the way Aaron, I understand because I follow the uh, "Go Chuck Yourself" Twitter page, which is of course at Go Chuck Podcast. Make sure you follow us for Chuck-related content and updates on this particular podcast. I noticed that you tweeted recently that you had visited a uh, important location from the Chuck universe.
0: I did. I attempted to mm-hmm. um, last weekend. My boyfriend took me on a scavenger hunt of L.A. because he pointed out that uh, much like it's weird that we do not have a catchphrase. He found it weird that I do not know my way around Los Angeles, despite having lived here for almost two years at this point. Um, so he took me on a little scavenger hunt, so I got to see, um, the beach. I got to see Manhattan Beach, which is not in Manhattan, it's here. I got Mm -hmm. to see, uh, Long Beach, a lot of beaches, um... We went to see the Korean Friendship Bell, I believe is what it is called, which is very very cool. I would highly recommend oh. it if you're in the Los Angeles area now. You can go; it is like open as long as you like maintain social distancing and you should wear a mask. I don't think it's required, but if like probably probably should do it unless you're a, a baby who would choke on a mask. Um, but that's cool. But this uh, this bell is located in San Pedro, which as we were driving through and saw the Welcome to San Pedro sign, I thought. Hmm, that name sounds familiar, and I did a little bit of Googling, and it is the location of Cabrillo Beach, which is where, um, the two, in the show, I think it's purported to be Malibu, but in real life, the, um, the bookended beaches of Chuck in the first episode where he meets with Sarah, and then in the final episode where he meets with Sarah, um, is filmed at this Cabrillo Beach, so, um, uh, we attempted to visit the beach. I was very excited. I was going to take a picture with those, like, palm trees and everything um but unfortunately the beach is closed so the closest I could get was on a little like what an an isthmus I the my fifth grade sciences um are like maybe it was a peninsula my teachers would be so disappointed in me but there's a little uh outcropping that I was able to get to that looked at the other beach but there was a fair amount of water in between us. So I got to see it, but I didn't get to go to it. But it was very cool and I hope that one day once beaches are open and accessible again, I will I will be back in San Pedro. It's about um I don't know where Chuck's like home base was normally, but it's probably about half an hour from like uh Santa Monica or so. So it's like it's a little bit out there, but I'm sure that it's easier to film in in some for some reason than it is to film in like malibu or like other beaches in the more mm-hmm. immediate los angeles area
1: and then where is burbank in relation to that
0: okay so here's burbank see so you can see that the uh scavenger hunt maybe didn't work as well as my boyfriend thought it would <laughs> um it's, it's about 35 minutes okay um right now right now because traffic is pretty pretty good.
1: Traffic is non-existent. (laughs) Even with no one on the roads, it's 35 minutes. (laughs) Yes. There's a reference in this episode to uh, an area of Los Angeles called Woodland Hills. Oh, I heard that reference. Do you know where that is? I
0: know where it is. I don't really know, like, because they talk about it a little disparagingly of, like, hanging out with, like, Jeff and Lester Mm -hmm. and Woodland Hills is, like, a bad thing. I don't really know. I would have to talk to some of my more, like, Angelino friends about what the deal is with Woodland Hills. I just know, like, the general area of where it is mm-hmm. so
1: and to be fair you also have you work remotely yeah. for your your regular full-time day job so it's not like you're some complete idiot <laughs> who is out and about the streets of los angeles all the time you really do not have especially now much reason to be thank you i i really appreciate things, so.
0: you're really like you're really helping me out emotionally this episode i hope i can do the same for you
1: Okay, well, let's find out because there are sh- certainly a lot of emotions in this episode. There very
0: much are. So uh, here's here's something I can do for you. Is this is the shot of uh, Shaw and Sarah against this like huge tile wall? Is that is mm-hmm. that called a long shot or is that a wide shot? So we start with this possi- Possibly, it's a long shot. It's, I think it's a wide shot. Okay, it's a wide shot. It's very good. It's like a huge wall, and Shaw and Sarah are like very small up against it. It's like white tiles, and they're both wearing black. It's very cool. I thought that whoever is the DP for this show or for this episode did a great job, and I would like this as my computer background. Um, that's That's my first note. It was very important. But what's actually happening in the plot, it's not just about them walking against walls. Shaw is leading them to break into what's supposedly a ring facility. I don't really know Mm -hmm. what it is. It's like a warehouse. He tells Sarah that the ring's most senior operative might be behind that door. Sarah unlocks said door with some kind of gadget, and she asks Shaw to cover her, and we see him lift his gun, pointed at her. Oh, no! We cut to the Bymore, where Chuck is looking for Casey, presumably to tell him that Sarah is in grave danger. You might remember, I mean, the re- like- What's happening here, you may remember from the last episode, is that uh, Shaw saw a video of Sarah killing his wife. So Shaw is probably upset. We don't we don't know. But he has Sarah in his clutches. What are you laughing about?
1: Shaw's a little miffed. He's a little yeah. bent out of shape that Sarah killed his yeah, wife. Yeah, just a
0: little. Like, it's a it's an inconvenience he's, for him.
1: Yeah, he's like, I don't really I'm kind of upset about it. But I think it would just be kind of awkward to bring it up. Yeah. So he's kind of just it's stewing with him. Yeah. And-
0: We're at the More. Chuck is looking for Casey. Uh, Morgan comes over, wanting to be a part of Chuck's spy mission, whatever it may be. Chuck asks Morgan to help him find Casey. Morgan does, then Chuck runs off, assuring Morgan that he is now a spy. And I hope Morgan doesn't blow that out of proportion. Back in whatever this ring lair, or whatever it is, is, Sarah is navigating into some kind of warehouse space that's playing the video of Shaw's wife on loop. Sarah sees it, then she sees the footage of her killing Shaw's wife, and she's like, oh my god. Meanwhile, Chuck is explaining the situation to Casey, and a reluctant Casey gives Chuck the name and number of Colonel Sanders, who is some type of military figure who Chuck is not supposed to make fun of his name, and this Colonel Sanders will provide Chuck with tactical support.
1: Colonel Sanders, basically, it seems, is the equivalent of if you're playing like a game, say like Grand Theft Auto. And there's a cheat code that gives you like unlimited weapons and access to body armor and vehicles and whatever. Colonel Sanders is effectively that for Chuck because he just it's he Chuck all of a sudden seemingly in a matter of minutes becomes has his own SWAT team. There's uh, other other weapons and other vehicles that get involved. There's a
0: tank. There's airstrikes.
1: It's basically magic.
0: Yeah. Cheat code is a good is a good comparison for this. So Shaw is coming up behind Sarah with his gun drawn, and Chuck is leading the SWAT team into the facility. I thought it was a really nice moment for Chuck because he's very clearly their leader. He's giving orders, and he says, I'm going to go in first and all that. I thought it was a good, like, kind of a hero moment for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, it's turned on its head pretty much right away because Sarah turns around and sees Shaw with his gun, and he immediately lowers it. She asks why the ring would have a video of the worst day of her life, and Shaw says it was his, too. At this point, Sarah finds out the footage is of Shaw's wife, which she didn't know before, and she's like, oh my god, I killed your wife. But Shaw tells her it isn't her fault, and they hug. Chuck sees this, and then they see Chuck, and Chuck has to kind of like eat crow because he calls off his tactical team and the airstrike and a tank. But is Shaw actually as okay with everything as he seems? Hmm. Chris, any thoughts?
1: I mean... uh,
0: Were you convinced?
1: Even if... Even if he says that he's okay, I think they should probably still separate him and Sarah for at least a little while. Well,
0: that's what Beckman thinks. Oh,
1: no, I'm starting to think like Beckman, this isn't good.
0: In Castle, Beckman yells at Chuck for calling in the airstrike, asking who gave him that authority. She says the bill is longer than her copy of Atlas Shrugged, which, of course, she's into Rand. I was not surprised by that. (laughs) Beckman tells Chuck he's not ready for Rome, but then Shaw and Sarah come in, and Shaw says he would have done the same if he had thought someone was going to murder a member of his team. Beckman, like Chris, suggests disbanding the team because there's no way they can all still work together, but Shaw and Sarah insist they'll be okay, and they both like to work to take down the ring. Beckman is like, well, okay, and Chuck is kind of dubious about it as well.
1: Seems like an HR nightmare to me, (laughs) but...
0: Yeah, so this is not, um, this is going to be a theme for me this episode, but this is not how I thought this episode was going to go. I really Mm -hmm. expected them to drag it out a lot longer of, like, Sarah not realizing why Shaw was mad at her, and I did not expect, like, I thought from the get-go Shaw was bad now and there wasn't going to be this turn where he convinces Beckman that he's good. Like, I was, I was surprised. I didn't really know, like, where my footing was, and it was, it was kind of delightful because I didn't know what to expect next. Yes. Yes. So the season of Aaron is alive and kicking in this next scene, because it's pretty great. We're in the Bymore, and Morgan is crying in Big Mike's office. Big Mike rushes in to see what the matter is. Apparently he was at the cooking station. He has like a spatula and an apron. I don't know what is going on. Maybe it's more gumbo.
1: I thought it was more gumbo. I don't know if I was just projecting that or if he said gumbo. No, that
0: makes sense. He asks Morgan what he's so upset about, and Morgan says he's quitting. They have an absolutely delightful conversation where Big Mike is super supportive of Morgan. Morgan tries to hug Big Mike, but Big Mike says he can't show emotion or the other employees will start to try to overtake him. But he has a tear in his eye, and I thought that was really nice. Looking on from outside the office, Jeff and Lester are trying to figure out what's going on, but Casey sort of has a guess. Jeff and Lester tell Casey he can be a part of their crew, but he's not that interested in that. Also, throughout all of this, I don't think this comes up again, but I don't know if you've noticed in the background, like on the Buy More TVs, there seems to be a video of a mime. Did you see yes, that? Yes, I did see
1: that. And now, yeah. now that you mentioned it, it is odd that I did not write it down as something that would be novel to mention because <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, there's a mime in the background. It just Yeah,
0: there's a lot going on in this just, episode. That was weird. <laughs> they've
1: totally abandoned the uh, whatever kind of connection they used to make between the televisions and the Buy More
0: it probably cost money like, oh, absolutely. if they wanted to, like, license Looney Tunes and stuff. So now they just have, like, unlicensed mime footage, <laughs> unlicensed I guess. Unlicensed
1: stocked mime footage.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so back at home, Chuck has a really cool shirt with a dog on it that says faux pas. And I thought that was cool. I feel like this was, like, the heyday of punny shirts. Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, another thing that I really liked as a teenager was, like, the idea of, like, Maybe it was from Chuck a little bit, like a man in a punny shirt. Like I was like, that's that's the height of like comedy, but also cuteness.
1: That seems to check out with your life decisions.
0: Yep. Uh also at this point we uh we see Chuck in his bedroom. Like he's wearing that shirt. He's in his yeah. bedroom, which we haven't seen a lot this no. season. So that was pretty yeah, exciting. We just,
1: I I shouted, I was like, Oh, he's in his bedroom, which is a yeah, weird thing was- to shout at the TV, but <laughs> it's because just I think of the previous episode we were like, he hasn't been in his bedroom in a long yeah. time.
0: He uses his TV to call Beckman. She tells him it's not a good idea for him to speak freely, but he does it anyway. He has concerns about Shaw's emotional stability, but Beckman is an ice queen and is like, Shaw's a professional, which you are not. She says she's going to pull Shaw and Sarah back to Washington and leave Chuck behind in Burbank until she knows what to do with him. Case closed, and Chuck is sad.
1: I feel like we, for a while, we were complaining about the absence of Beckman, but now that Beckman's back in full force, I'm kind of (laughs) like, hey, you you could go. That's okay kind of irritating
0: yeah she she was uh yeah she's she's an obstacle pretty much in this episode Mm,
1: she's an obstacle
0: so at the buy more morgan is cleaning out his locker we um i think in a couple episodes ago i was trying to figure out whether the locker with the comic-con sticker was morgan's or chucks and in fact it is morgan's for all of you who were worried about it that's the answer Casey comes in, and I thought he was going to point out that Morgan is an idiot, and of course he's not going to be working for Chuck, like, at least in a capacity where he would have to quit his job, like, that's kind of insane, but again, this episode doesn't play out how I thought, it's actually kind of a sweet scene where Morgan explains he's going to work for Chuck, and Casey is sad about it, but putting on a brave face about his civilian life in the Bymore. Morgan tells Casey to enjoy his old life, and Casey says, you too, which is actually really sad it's Casey's old life that Morgan is getting, supposedly. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely a, a bittersweet moment, and uh, yeah. After this, we have a declassified scene, which I found Exciting. courtesy of the the DVD box set. The number one way of <laughs> consuming Chuck, in my opinion, uh, in Castle Shaw says that they found the ring's actual headquarters. He explains to Sarah that the front, the uh, like the fake front company that owned the warehouses from before. So I guess maybe the warehouse from. Chuck versus the American hero and Chuck versus, or at the beginning of this episode, Chuck versus the other Chuck guy. The B- yeah. uh, they're registered yeah. under this fake company who also owns the top ten floors of the Carlisle Tower downtown. Carlisle Tower Ooh. was that on your scavenger hunt?
0: It wasn't, but I'll uh, well, I'll add it.
1: Uh, Sarah asks I'm
0: looking it up now.
1: This is the uh, director's base that's located in the Carlisle Tower, and Shaw says that it is. Shaw assures Sarah that they're going to finally get the ring, just the two of them
0: just the two of them that's kind of weird like Chuck should be involved I feel well
1: Shaw's really trying to get some one on one time with Sarah if you know what I mean that's true
0: I mean who could blame him yeah
1: I mean I think he's trying to kill her I don't think he's trying to yeah do any funny business well I
0: can blame him for that I don't I don't support that decision
1: (laughs) yeah you you should blame him for killing Sarah I would hope that you'd blame (laughs) him for doing that
0: yeah in the scene after that, Morgan enters him and Chuck's apartment. He's going to tell Chuck that he quit his job, but instead he finds Chuck, uh, I didn't I couldn't tell what he was playing for the longest time, but it is Guitar Hero 5. Mm. Chuck is drinking whiskey and playing this game, despite the fact that he doesn't seem to have a guitar at this point. I don't know if it was, like, if you noticed one, but it seems like he just has, like, the the, like menu screen on and not like a guitar well i don't know if
1: you you probably don't have experience with this aaron so let me let me school you about the the, the dynamic okay. of drinking and playing a guitar hero or rock band style video yep. game it uh starts out pretty fun you can you're right in the okay. high your first uh, few mm-hmm. beers i don't usually tango mm-hmm. with the the hard alcohol like chuck is doing here but then uh Eventually, after uh, after your first few songs, you start to taper off, and then, sure enough, you find yourself sitting on your couch, kind of just staring at the home screen, because you, you don't really have any <laughs> need to keep going.
0: Okay, so that's some insight into Chuck at this moment. Thank you, Chris. Happy to help. Chuck explains to Morgan that Sarah is leaving for DC with the other guy, which kind of seemed a little bit silly to me, because I'm pretty sure in the last episode, like, it was implied that, like, Chuck and Sarah were kind of, like, rekindling things, and, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it sucks that Sarah is going away, but I don't know why Chuck is assuming that she's like chosen Shaw or she's like going to choose mm-hmm. Shaw. Like, because it's pretty clear to me that she likes Chuck. Um, but at this
1: point, had...
0: I get. Well, I guess at this point, he doesn't know because she didn't meet him at the train station. Right. So maybe he's a little bit in doubt. That that was kind of unclear. We didn't really get to see his reaction mm-hmm. to that too much. Morgan tells Chuck that he senses Chuck is about to enter into a spiral and he won't allow it, but Chuck flashes. I thought maybe Chuck was going to hurt Morgan and the rest of the episode was going to be him, like, feeling bad about, like, decking his best friend. But once again, I was way off in predicting what's happening. Instead, Chuck ties Morgan up with video game controllers and cables and sits on his kitchen steps with a Guitar Hero controller listening to 80s music. And Morgan is just tied up and yelling in the background. Eventually, Sarah comes in and Morgan tells her what's going on. She cuts him free of the controllers with a knife, which would ruin them. Like, that's like equipment and it's just wrecked now. And then she asks
1: for a moment alone with Chuck. Hopefully to apologize for severing his PlayStation 1 controller.
0: So Chuck re-explains why he's upset. Then he asks Sarah if she loves him. She doesn't answer for a while and he starts getting self-conscious about being in his underwear with a guitar. Then Sarah says yes. She says she fell for him between him fixing her phone and him defusing a bomb, which is, like, in the first episode, like, really early, maybe within, like, a day of them having met. So that's, like, that's a little much, Sarah, but, like, I guess that's nice. It's a nice moment. Wait,
1: is Sarah just as crazy as Lou, or, uh, as, uh, (laughs) Hannah? Is that Uh, what we're figuring out? Excuse me. Uh, Lou wasn't. Don't insult Lou. uh, Lou wasn't, I guess, totally. Uh, She was, I guess, compared to... Jill and Hannah. I guess Lou is the most normal out of all three of them.
0: I would agree. I like Lou. Yeah. What's what's Jill up to? Is she still in I think jail? She's
1: in jail for the the rest of her life, I think. Remember okay, she had cool. to say bye all to right. her family? And that
0: yeah. Well <laughs> we don't have to worry about it because Chuck and Sarah are in yes, love. Yes. And they, are. Uh, they kiss. It's beautiful. And it's, nice. it's wonderful. It's a nice kiss. She says yep.
1: Sarah says yes four times. Yeah, which is the same
0: number that uh, Chuck said to her in the previous episode. I have one more note before I'll turn things over to you, and it's just that Zachary Levi has really good teeth. He has great teeth. I don't know if he had braces or if that's just what his teeth are like, but they're good.
1: Some people, I I envy those people who didn't have braces and just have excellent teeth.
0: I had a dream about having braces last night. Wow. Did
1: you have braces? No. Oh, so you're one of the people that just has good teeth?
0: uh, These are not good teeth, Chris. (laughs) But that's really sweet. Thank you.
1: You know what they are? They are good teeth because they create a great smile.
0: I'm smiling right now for for those listening.
1: I'm smiling watching Chuck because things are going very well. Chuck asks Sarah why she isn't upset about his red test. And she says that Casey told her the truth. And she says that she knows that Chuck couldn't kill the mole. And that means Chuck hasn't changed. He's still her Chuck. Chuck promises to be cleaned up by the next day. And Sarah says that he doesn't have time. She and Shaw need Chuck for a three-man operation. Morgan overhears this and says, "Mission, no problem." Sarah asks Morgan what he's doing, and he introduces himself as an agent of the CIA and the assistant to one Charles Bartowski, and helps Chuck get up so he can get dressed and sobered up. So, I kept thinking that this whole scene was going to be a dream sequence that Chuck had that he fell asleep because he was drunk, uh, like on the couch with the whiskey. And that he just dreamt that Sarah came in and told her, told him that he loved her. Yeah,
0: I I would have, I had a little bit of doubts that it was really happening because it just seems so perfect. Yeah, it
1: seems so totally out of the blue and perfect that I was like, that's, that's odd. Is this like real? And that it was real. Is this
0: whole thing a dream? Maybe.
1: Is the entire show of Chuck a dream?
0: I saw a fan fiction recently, a Chuck fan uh-huh. fiction that was, the idea was that, um, when downloading the intersect into his head, Chuck had entered into a coma, mm. and that was like, so he was in a coma the whole time, so that could be what's happening. This whole thing could have been just, like, a dream that, like, as his brain exploded from the intersect.
1: That would be deeply disturbing and deeply upsetting, but I guess I guess we can't rule it out. Uh, <laughs> and I just, I, at this point, I was like, there's so much emotional weight in this first half of the episode, it felt like watching an episode in reverse, kind of. Like, I felt like everything yeah. that happened so far would typically be at the end of another episode. It felt like another mm-hmm. episode was wrapping up to, to get to this. Yes. It was kind of interesting. Um, so they go on their mission, uh, to the Carlisle tower, which may or may not be in downtown Los Angeles. Stay tuned. Uh, Chuck, Sarah and Shaw stand atop an elevator shaft. Chuck and Sarah get ready to repel down the shaft. And Chuck is kind of wigged out because he's still kind of afraid of Shaw. Shaw asks if, if he's Okay.
0: Is also, is is Chuck a little bit drunk right now? He Or has he sobered up? Like, what's the implication well, here?
1: Chuck said that he sobered up a little bit by the time that Sarah had okay. come in, but I would imagine he's probably still a little buzzed.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like, like, spies just, if they're going to be on call mm-hmm. at all hours, then they should never be drinking. Like, that's, that's my rule. Wow. If you're a spy, you should be abstaining from alcohol. We
1: Commander Wet Blanket over here.
0: But like if you're gonna be called into a mission, like he's rappelling down an elevator shaft, much like they do in Toy Story Two, actually. (laughs) And he's like he's drunk. Like you can't do that while drunk. Is this
1: okay Erin, let's let's bring it out in the open. Is this are you just trying to be passive aggressive about the time that I drunkenly went and hosted the radio station in college after being out partying and (laughs) got called in to do the radio station?
0: I forgot about that. I was gonna, I was gonna, uh, I thought you were gonna ask if I was calling you out for the time you drunkenly rappelled down an elevator shaft, and I would say, yes, I am. Like, that's, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, was reckless and dangerous. Wildly dangerous, yeah.
1: I'm just that skilled, I was able to pull it off, okay. (laughs) But overall, stay away from, uh, from elevator shafts. No good can come from them. Uh, so anyhow, Shaw asks if Chuck's okay, and Chuck says, yes, everything is totally normal, good to go, which is what I say to my coworkers every morning. (laughs) Everything is totally normal. Shaw then says that the ring director has his own private elevator and they're going to rappel down it. Once the ring director exits the building, Chuck and Sarah will detain the director in the elevator and Shaw will pull them all back up by hacking into the controls. Shaw tells Chuck not to worry about the warehouse or Beckman and that he trusts Chuck completely, which does not reassure Chuck or anyone. (laughs) Like, why... Oh, don't worry about that warehouse with the, the weird video footage of Sarah. And don't worry about Beckman. You know, everything's fine. Okay, Shaw, you liar. So with that, Chuck and Sarah rappel down the rope to the elevator uh, while Shaw watches them very suspiciously. He's just staring at them and no good can come he's, from this. He's a
0: little suspicious. Inside.
1: No. So apparently, I don't know if this is how elevators work, but in this particular fake elevator. There's, like, a top room to the elevator that's, like, a whole separate mechanical part where the all the gears and, and cables of the elevator live. Uh, Sarah and Chuck are in that. Chuck confides in Sarah that he's concerned about Shaw and uh, Shaw's mental health, which I think is a valid point. Uh, yeah. Sarah says that Shaw is just concentrated on taking down the ring. As this is happening, Shaw hacks into the elevator's control system and then notices a security camera, which I guess they didn't notice before or they didn't care about before i don't know a pair of henchmen enter the elevator maintenance room and fight shaw as they do this their guns go off and accidentally shoot down the elevator shaft nearly hitting chuck and sarah but other than that i mean it all seems like a pretty standard chuck henchman fight um kind of Mm -hmm. like in chuck versus the mask when they're in that similar kind of fight atop of the uh like in the maintenance room above the mask room yeah um So Chuck takes the gunfire to mean that Shaw was luring them into a trap and now he's going to shoot them like fish in a barrel. Shaw ultimately makes quick work of the henchmen and uh, calls Chuck and Sarah to apologize for the ring's company. And Sarah tells Chuck, I told you so. Sarah and Chuck drop down into the actual elevator car and Chuck takes out a pistol, which he assures Sarah is a tranquilizer gun. And Sarah tells him that he needs to sell that it's real. Shaw pages them to tell them that he's detecting motion heading towards the elevator. So Chuck and Sarah hide um, like by the... You know, like behind the front parts of the, the, the elevator,
0: like by, by the, door. the door,
1: like by the control panel. Like, if you're walking, well, you
0: can't see picture. Yeah, yeah, listener,
1: yeah. I'm going to paint a, a, a verbal painting for you right now. Imagine this you're standing in a, a large building, and rather than taking the stairs, you decide to take the elevator. And you were walking down the hall, and you press the button, and you're waiting for the elevator to arrive. And sure enough, you hear a ding, and there it is. The elevator doors open up, these mechanical doors gradually open. From the center, they move outward. And eventually you now have the space that you can enter. You can enter the elevator car. So if you walk into the elevator, you're looking at the back of the elevator. If you turn around, you're looking at the front of the elevator. You might see back into the hallway you were standing in. You might see the, the buttons of an elevator. So Chuck and Sarah are hiding in that section where the buttons would be. If you were looking out of the elevator, you would see them. But if you were entering the elevator, you would not see them. That is where Chuck and Sarah are.
0: It's like I was there. Can
1: you? Do you feel Incredible. like you just were in an elevator?
0: I really do. You should do like meditation tapes. It should
1: all about elevators. There's nothing more relaxing yes. than being in a steel <laughs> box that could drop at any moment.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, so, anyhow, all that's to say that they're hiding. The ring director, sure enough, steps into the elevator, much like you did in my verbal exercise. Uh, he turns around, and Sarah and Chuck point their guns at him, and Sarah says, "One word, and you're dead." To which the director says. Now, this is brazen, to which Chuck points out is four words. The director says that even though they're, they've captured him in his own lift, which is British for elevator, uh, they'll never get the cipher. Chuck says, what's that? And the director says, don't play dumb. You're better than that. And then proceeds to explain what the cipher is. Turns out the ring has been building their own intersect, and the cipher is one of the key components. The director assures them that they will never get the cipher because as soon as they leave the elevator, ring henchmen will swarm them. But Chuck tells the director to take out his ring phone and call his assistant to bring the cipher to them. Sarah cocks her gun, and the director agrees. Cut to... Okay,
0: I... Hold on, I have to to point something out here. Yes, you do. Um, Chuck says, call your assistant and tell him or Mm -hmm. her, and then Sarah says, tell her. Like, Sarah, I think that's pretty uncool of Sarah to just, like... At least, like, Chuck is assuming that it it could be someone of any Mm -hmm. gender, but... Sarah is just like, no, your assistant has to be a woman. And that's not very progressive of her, and I'm a little disappointed. All right, carry on.
1: Cut to his assistant, who is in fact a woman. Her name is Denise. She approaches the elevator with the cipher in hand. Denise gives the director an update on various other ring projects they have going on around the world. And then the director asks her to text him when the plane lands in Barcelona. Denise nods, as if to say, this is a secret message. And Sarah sees this, and Sarah don't give a shit, so she pulls Denise into the elevator as well. So now they're holding the director and Denise hostage. Chuck asks what they're supposed to do with her, and Sarah says that Barcelona was a code word, and they didn't have a choice. At this point, the elevator door opens again, and it's an elevator repairman who says that someone reported a strange sound in the elevator shaft. The director looks up and shows the elevator repairman the open elevator escape hatch that Chuck and Sarah climbed down through. And uh, Chuck and Sarah have no choice but to roll their eyes and uh, take the elevator repairman hostage as well.
0: I thought this was genuinely very funny. I
1: did too. The elevator's lights flicker as Shaw hacks into the elevator's control system to bring it back up. And the director says that it's all over. Sarah asks what he's talking about. And the director says, this was all a trap for you. And then Denise and the elevator (gasps) repairman take out guns and point them at Sarah (gasps) and Chuck. Sarah says that they can all die here today because she's a badass. But the director responds that he has dinner reservations. Sarah asks if she looks like an amateur. And the director says no, but her partner does. Chuck asserts that he's a real spy, but then the director asks why he's using a tranquilizer gun then. The elevator stops at the next level, and several armed ring henchmen are waiting for them. Sarah apologizes to Chuck and drops her weapon on the floor. As she's doing this, we hear a gunshot, and the ring henchmen drop to the ground. Shaw comes around the corner with his gun and shoots Denise and the elevator repair guy in the chest. The director asks Shaw if he's still upset about his wife, and if so, he should take it out on Agent Walker. Shaw says that he's going to deal with the director himself and retrieve the cipher. Chuck and Sarah should leave, and he'll meet up with them later. Sarah says that they aren't going to leave Shaw alone, but Shaw insists, so Sarah and Chuck exit the elevator. As they walk away, the elevator doors close, and we hear a gunshot and a thud. Chuck says to Sarah, Ah! Maybe you're right. We should wait to tell him about us. Inside the elevator, Shaw, smoking gun in hand, looks at the director's corpse, but then Denise, the elevator repair guy, and their director all stand up, revealing that (gasps) this whole time they've been zombies. No, they, uh, they just had like <laughs> fake blood capsules or Shaw's using a fake gun or something. The director says, good work, Daniel. I think they bought it. And then Shaw says, of course they did. And he's just dead behind the eyes. Oh, but now uh, we have a declassified scene to lighten things up a bit. Back at the Bymore, a man wearing a hoodie smiles and is about to exit the store when he is tackled by Casey. The two men go flying over the customer service desk and Casey roughs him up. The man pleads with Casey not to turn him in because he doesn't want to go to jail. But Casey says that he should have thought of that before he tried to steal. Casey then realizes that this is actually kind of fun and asks the man to return the next day with some of his, (laughs) with some more of his convict friends in order to make it more of a challenge. The man is confused, but Casey asks if he'll come back tomorrow, seriously, and lets the man go. And the man jumps over the service desk and runs away. Casey shouts after him, you'll come back, right? I need a challenge. Jeff and Lester then approach Casey and invite him to come to Jeff's the following night for Magic the Gathering, to which Casey responds, we're going to do magic? What?
0: That's cute! I like that! Jeff and
1: Lester find Casey's ignorance endearing and promise to enlighten him the next night. Lester tells Casey to arrive at 8 and dress business casual and the three men part ways. Back at Castle, Beckman reprimands Shaw for eliminating the director, and Shaw says that he did what he had to do in order to save his team. Chuck speaks up and says that he and Sarah would be dead. If it were not for Shaw, Sarah then mentions the significance of the cipher and Beckman says that her team has analyzed the cipher and that the ring is not as far as long with the software as they thought, or like the ring is not really that close to having a completed intersect. Shaw reading the CIA's report on the cipher says that it seems like the cipher's components were manufactured in France. Okay. Beckman doesn't question this and says that she's sending Sarah and Shaw to Paris immediately to check out the design facility. And Sarah says that they'll be in the air within 30 minutes. Chuck asks what he should do, and Beckman says that he's not ready. Disappointed, Chuck says to Sarah, It's never going to happen, huh? To which Sarah says that once she gets back, it's going to be about the two of them. And then she kisses him and says, Don't worry, just one more mission. Sounds good. I'm sure this one last mission will be easy peasy with no complications at all.
0: Never say that,
1: ever. Just one more. We can go. Just one more. Wrong? You know, that's fine. Back at Chuck and Morgan's apartment, Chuck enters and Morgan says, look at you. I take it you and Sarah are official based on basically nothing. Why do you think Morgan said this?
0: Chuck seems happy.
1: I guess, but he just got like he was just told that he can't go to Paris with Sarah and Sean. He's concerned.
0: So I don't know, maybe maybe Morgan is just so confident in his, in his friend that he assumes because Chuck went and talked to Sarah, that means or maybe he saw them kissing the other. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Anyhow, Chuck goes to the refrigerator and retrieves a seltzer and tells Morgan that Sarah's on her way with Shaw to Paris and Beckman doesn't think Chuck is ready for the field. But besides that, everything is fine. Morgan asks how everything could be fine since Morgan quit the buy more to work with Chuck in the field. Chuck is perplexed by this and Morgan feels like an idiot because he realizes that Chuck never talked to Beckman about Morgan joining the team because that's ridiculous. Chuck says that once Sarah gets back from Paris, he promises he'll talk to Beckman and everything will be fine. But Morgan is much more pessimistic and says that Shaw is going to impress Sarah again, and Chuck is going to spiral into depression.
0: It's okay. So he does say Chuck is going to spiral into Guitar Hero Oblivion, which I wrote down as a possible good band name. Oh, it's a very
1: good band name. Maybe, especially yes. for a Guitar Hero band.
0: Yes, I agree. Yes. Um, I also like. I I get why Morgan is upset here, but it's also like it's. It's a, I felt like he was being a little bit of an asshole, mm-hmm. like, because I don't know why, like, I get why Morgan is, like, really upset about, um, like, I it's his own fault, but why he's upset about, like, having quit his job and, like, whether or not he's going to be allowed to be on the team, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. but I don't know why he has to go into, like, and Sarah's going to leave you, Chuck, like, she's going to, she's going to date Shaw, like, that's, it was aggressive. Yeah, and
1: I kind of that left a bad taste in my mouth because I was like, Oh, so you don't think Sarah is a autonomous individual who you think she's just yeah. gonna be like she's just going to be with whatever man she is. Whichever man with?
0: is she is looking yeah. at, yeah. yeah I have a
1: little bit of faith in Sarah. I don't think you can really yeah. You know. Yeah. So anyhow. Yeah, it
0: was a it was a bad Mo- moment for that. Yeah, Morgan's a little
1: upset. Maybe he said some things that he doesn't mean. Who knows? Yeah. Uh Chuck for some reason comes to Shaw's defense at this moment and says that Shaw is exactly who he says he is, a hero. Morgan doesn't agree with this and says that Shaw is a stud and that nine times out of ten, the stud gets the girl to continue to prove how much of a badass Shaw is for some reason. I don't know why Chuck is doing this, but Chuck decides to take out his laptop and show Morgan his illegal copy of the security footage um, from Carlisle Tower.
0: I I like what they do with this, but it is admittedly very weird like that, that that Shaw made that, that Chuck has it like, I don't know. It's It's, weird.
1: Things are going to get pretty strange. Uh, reviewing the footage, Morgan points out that Shaw is pulling his punches when he's fighting the henchmen in the elevator maintenance room and that Shaw's roundhouse kick doesn't even land. Chuck says that Shaw shot people that same night and Morgan asks if he ever saw any blood or any kind of gore, to which Chuck realizes that he didn't. Morgan asserts that he's an expert on kung fu movies and he can spot a fake action sequence from a mile away. And that's exactly what they're looking at. Chuck deduces that if the fight was staged, that means that Shaw is actually working in cooperation with the ring. And that Sarah is now alone again with Shaw and probably once again in danger. So I thought this was an interesting decision for the show to go in because the characters, the characters within the show are identifying a fake fight scene within a show that uses fake fight scenes to create the illusion of actual fights. Okay.
0: I was thinking this too, because when I was watching that fight scene, I was like, I I don't I don't want to say I thought it looked fake, but I was like, (laughs) oh, it must be really weird coordinating these to make it look real. And then like the point of that specific scene was like, it doesn't look real. So that's weird. Yeah, It was
1: strange because it was I'm like, this is how if that was a real fight scene, I'd be like, yeah, that's that's how the fight scenes look. Or when they're like, oh, did you even see any blood? I'm like, no, of course not. There's there's never any blood in shock.
0: Actually, I thought that, too, because I was like. Because when they, like, pull out, like, their blood packets, I was like, I didn't see any blood. Like, what? And I literally had that thought as they fell. I was like, wow, Chuck never really shows blood. So that's, it's weird that we were both thinking these things in this episode specifically. Yeah,
1: I mean, it just kind of, it is bizarre because it's like, they weren't exactly breaking the fourth wall, but I feel like they were knocking Mm -hmm. on it a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, well, what? You shouldn't be pointing out how fake the fight scene looks because that, all your other fight scenes of people are going to be, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows?
0: I wonder if like they shot two different versions of that where like Shaw was like closer to or if they were both like, I don't know. Like, do do you understand what I'm saying? Like if they shot like a version that like Chuck watched and was like, wow, that looks so cool. But then they shot the one Morgan points out and it's obviously like he's like so far from hitting anybody. Uh Yeah, I wonder.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Not
0: enough to like go back and check, but I do wonder.
1: So Chuck. Having gone through this weird meta textual realization, realizes that he needs to go save Sarah. So he hurries back to Castle and announces to no one that he's uploading the fake fight footage to Beckman's personal laptop. Chuck then calls Beckman on her personal computer, which she evidently keeps propped open on her nightstand.
0: <laughs> While she sleeps. She's sleeping. It was,
1: yeah. Literally, I don't know what it's like to be a general. A I don't know what it's like to be in that kind of high stakes position. Maybe you do need to have your laptop on at all times and you just got to try to sleep when you can. But I was like, Beckman, you got to work on your work life balance. That's no way to live (laughs) with your your laptop open next to you while you sleep. Yeah. Uh, Chuck wakes Beckman up and tells her that Shaw is indeed working at the ring. Beckman says that they've already had this conversation, but Chuck insists that before he was right for the wrong reasons. But now he's right for, in the words of Nickelback's Diamond Certified Best Selling Album, all the right reasons. Uh, Beckman asks uh, Chuck why she should believe him this time around when he's trying to warn her about Shaw and Chuck says that because he has Morgan with him Beckman is pissed that Morgan is in Castle and Morgan tries to introduce himself as a spy candidate and Beckman once again asks what he's doing to which Morgan answers that he's on Chuck's spy team Beckman is irate and says that Chuck is not even on his own spy team anymore and suspends Chuck before hanging up on him overall this was a complete and total failure on Chuck's part
0: I think it, like, it definitely is a failure, and I, like, get kind of why, like, what she see sees Morgan, like, Beckman is kind of, like, not seeing reason, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's one of these classic TV examples where Chuck could have just explained himself faster. Like, he was just like, I, like, the f- I send you the footage, it's fake, like, look at it. And then, like, yeah. then, like, he didn't have to go into, like, the right reasons and all that.
1: Yeah, and she'd be like, well, how did you notice this? And, or, like, like, oh, I just... I don't know, he could have noticed it on his own. Yeah, he didn't
0: have to mention Morgan, or if he did mention Morgan, by the time he mentioned Morgan, he could have already led with the important information, Mm -hmm. but he did not. And also,
1: like, Beckman doesn't really kick Chuck out of Castle. I feel like they really need some kind of other Burbank-based spy team to monitor who is and isn't allowed in Castle at any given time, because it feels like they just kind of come and go as they want. That's a good point. So, anyhow, Morgan grieves the loss of his very brief spy career, but Chuck tells him that he's still a spy because right now he needs a team, and Morgan is all that he has. CIA or no CIA, they need to save Sarah, just the two of them. To which Morgan says, No, there is a third, which is a reference to Star Wars.
0: He says, There's another. There's another. Chris. He says, There's another.
1: (sighs) Okay. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) Please don't, please.
0: You're messing up your truck and your please Star Wars. The fandoms are going to come for is, you. These
1: are not good fandoms to uh, upset. <laughs> so cut to Casey's apartment. Since being fired from the NSA, Casey has purchased some of his own furniture and things are looking a little bit more put together in his apartment, which I felt good Good about. Chuck and Morgan plead to Casey that they need his help to rescue Sarah. Casey says that he can't because he's not a spy. But Chuck cries that Casey is the ultimate spy, to which Morgan says was the ultimate spy. The man's been by mord." Morgan explains that Casey has been uh, tricked into the delusion that the buy more is all that he has in his life and he needs to wake up. He needs to help Chuck and Morgan get on that plane to Paris. He can either take back his spy life or he can find himself hanging out with Jeff and Lester in Woodland Hills on Friday nights. Yeah,
0: fuck Woodland Hills.
1: Uh, Morgan continues to say that Casey and Sarah taught him that he could achieve more and become a spy. They really inspired him this way. Morgan continues to harangue Casey, but then Casey lashes out at him and pushes him against a wall and says, Morgan. Go to the closet and get my suit, the black one. Which I thought maybe someone listening would know this, or maybe they'll agree with me. I thought Morgan, go to the closet and get my suit, the black one, was a reference to Batman. Because if you swap swap out Alfred, like Alfred, go to the closet and get my suit, the black one. I felt like this was a Batman reference, but I cannot confirm this online. It does not does not pop up on any of the fun little trivia reference things that we usually check
0: okay so chris has alienated the chuck and star wars fandoms but he is appealing to the batman fandom so batman fandom please help please, us uh,
1: batman fandom i'm newly on the market looking for a fandom to belong into i'm really <laughs> great uh i i make really good chocolate chip pancakes uh really would be happy to make those sometime uh, i think i'm a pretty fun guy I, I know a lot about elevators i'm really good at painting a verbal portrait of entering an elevator maybe <laughs> this is something that would be of interest to you uh, i've played arkham asylum played arkham city i have arkham knight I haven't opened it yet i've owned it for probably almost three or four years at this point but i will play it <laughs> and please please love me batman fans
0: something i want to note here is just that casey has a special k in his I, apartment he has a lot of special I noticed k. that as well maybe he's doing the special k challenge when that was what a kind thing? of special
1: k do you think he has
0: I feel like he has like red berries. It wasn't red berries like cuz his... I eat red
1: berries and oh. that was not the red berry box. So choose okay. again.
0: It, well I eat the chocolate one and it was, it was not, the not chocolate that. One. Maybe he has like maybe he has like the vanilla almond or like the um there's there's another type of nut. I would, like a, I feel like he's more a like a
1: plain cornflake guy. I feel like he's just Yeah, I feel like it could just be
0: guy. plain. Yeah. So we
1: cut to a commercial break and when we return we are aboard a Millennium Atlantic flight to Paris with Chuck and Casey. Millennium Atlantic, of course, sponsors of our show. Millennium Atlantic, want to travel around the world? Y2K not. Millennium Atlantic. (laughs) Gone are Chuck's days of flying in first class, as Chuck and Casey are stuck flying in coach, crammed into small seats next to a sleeping, large man. They're trying to figure out a game plan, so Chuck opens up a file on Shaw and flashes on a mission from 10 years earlier. Casey asks if Chuck had any insight into what Shaw could be possibly doing right now. And Chuck says that he could flash on every mission in the folder. It doesn't help them figure out what Shaw is planning in the present moment. Chuck starts to panic and and starts to spiral. And Casey tells him that Chuck needs to forget about being a spy and he needs to forget about relying on the Intersect. Before all of this, Chuck was smart and he can figure this out on his own if he focuses and uses his own intellect. Chuck opens up the folder once again and says, where are you, Sarah? So once again, they're in a coach flight. Loudly talking about government files and government secrets and intel and flashing. Yep. I can't think of a less yep. private space than on a in, than a coach on a commercial flight.
0: Don't worry about it. So in Paris, Shaw and Sarah are walking arm in arm. I thought, I mean, like, it's obviously a set. It's not, but like, it looked fine. It like, I was, I was in the moment. It wasn't like as bad as the, um, the Prague set at the beginning, <laughs> I feel.
1: I That's good because it's probably the same exact set.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, Sarah realizes that Shaw has led her to the place where she killed Evelyn. Sarah pulls out her gun because it starts to dawn on her that maybe Shaw is not as okay with everything as he seems. And Shaw says, you killed my wife. Did you really think I'd be okay with that? You could probably do a better shot. Than no, I, I think
1: did. that was that was awesome.
0: Thanks. He he does really good, like, I I say face acting all the time, but like, it was... It was very cool because he was like sad, and he has like the kind of dead behind the eyes. But he's kind of got like a little smile, but like an evil smile, but not like like an evil gleeful smile, but like a smile where it's like you're really angry, and it's just like your your face is. It was really good. It was like very bitter. It was it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I said a lot of times, like I like Shaw, like as a character, not as a person, but like I I like him. I know people don't like him as a villain. Maybe his motivations are weird, but it's, I, I like him. I'm on board with Shaw. We see someone walking by in the background. Then we find out that Sarah has been tranked. She drops her gun and the ring director comes out. Oh no. Shaw takes Sarah, who is all woozy and drugged, to a little French cafe. He sits her down and his plan doesn't totally make sense, but I guess like the, what's going on here at least is that he drugged her so that he could have the chance to explain his plan so that she understood before he kills her. The ring director joins them, and they explain together that the CIA thought Evelyn had been turned by the ring for some reason. It's unclear if she actually had or not. Um, and then they ordered Sarah to kill her. So Shaw is going to kill Sarah in order to show the CIA that they were wrong. I don't. I don't know exactly about that. Uh, whatever. He also gives the ring director the CIA's report on the cipher so that they can fix the problems with it and build their own intersect once and for all. So I guess, like, that's, like, the bigger thing that they're going to, like, kind of destroy the CIA that way. So the director takes this information and heads off. Shaw says he's going to take Sarah to see the river, but before he can, Chuck comes up dressed as a waiter and he pulls out a very real gun. Shaw tells Chuck he'd better shoot, but Chuck doesn't shoot people. Instead, he tries to fight Shaw, but... Ultimately, even though he flashes, he does lose the fight, and Shaw drags Sarah away. Chuck is a bit out of commission, um, because he gets too emotional to flash, and Shaw knows this. Shaw also reveals that he didn't tell the ring Chuck is the Intersect, so that's nice. And if, like, Chuck chooses not to interfere, Shaw says that he won't, like, reveal Chuck's Mm -hmm. secret, and Chuck can just continue on with his life. Obviously, we know Chuck isn't going to do that, but, like, that was, I don't know, it was reasonable of Shaw, I guess. If we can
1: trust him, if he means what he says. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess we can't trust him at this point. Um, I don't really know Chuck's physical state at this point because as Shaw drags Sarah away, Chuck is just kind of like sitting on the ground. I don't know if he's like supposed to be really injured, but he's not like he's not injured enough that he can't then run after them and catches up to them um, when Shaw has led Sarah to a bridge. Shaw says Sarah won't feel a thing because of the drugs and he's about to push her off, but then Chuck comes up with his gun drawn. He tries to reason with Shaw one more time, saying Shaw can't do this and it's not who he is, but Shaw says, I can. You can't. He's about to shoot Chuck when Chuck shoots him! Holy shit! (laughs) I was like, I yelled! Like, I did not expect this at all! He shoots Shaw three times in the chest, and there's like, so, just like, hold on to your seats for a second. I don't know the physics of this because he wasn't really near the edge of the bridge at that point, but Shaw kind of, like, stumbles, so he's gonna, like, fall off the bridge because that's more dramatic, and he grabs Sarah by the wrist, so he's about to pull her with him, but then Chuck runs over and grabs Sarah, so they're kind of like a human chain of people just hanging off a bridge, but Shaw has been shot in the chest, so he is dying, and he lets go of Sarah's wrist, and he falls into the river, which is, like, a huge height. Like, we see, like, another wide shot, and he just, like, falls, like, from very high up, and then Chuck and Sarah are safe. Yay.
1: That was it. They're okay.
0: That's, that's it. Yeah. Very, it was very dramatic. It was. Very cool. I mean, like, I, I don't condone death and murder, but like in, like in this, in this fictional medium, it was great.
1: He had to, Chuck was doing it out of defense. Yeah. To protect Sarah. He had to. He had no choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that was Cool. So we cut from that dramatic moment to a rather fun one, where Casey calls Beckman, who is very sassy to him at first, but then Casey reveals that he has captured the ring's director. Beckman asks what Casey wants for him, and Casey says, full reinstatement, a new Crown Vic, and something else. We move on to the Bymore, where Morgan is asking Big Mike for his job back, Morgan looks kind of really good in this scene. I really like his shirt and I just wanted to commend the costume department for this episode because there's like two two outfits that I thought were really good. Big Mike seems pretty stern at first, but then he reveals that he hadn't even started recruiting yet and he saved Morgan's vest for him. He gives Morgan the vest back and asks Morgan to call him dad. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, at this point, I saw Jesse Hyman in the background. I got so excited. You saw him? I didn't
1: see him. Yeah, oh, he it. he
0: was there. He walks by as Morgan is leaving the office. I missed him. It's nice to oh. see him. Sorry. You gotta watch it again, yeah. I guess. There are worse episodes to watch again. Oh, yeah, definitely. As Morgan is leaving the office, Beckman calls him to tell him he's officially a member of Team Bartowski, but he shouldn't quit his day job because the Bymore is his cover. Do you think... Do you think he's going to get paid by the CIA now like in addition to the buy more job or do you think he's just like unofficially a member of the team or like what is this what is this I don't being? know it's it's really know.
1: unclear who gets paid by the CIA when they get paid by the CIA <laughs> if they get paid by the CIA <laughs> Yes really
0: yep really un- yeah. uncertain But Morgan's pretty excited In Paris Sarah wakes up in a beautiful hotel room Chuck has been sitting nearby with his laptop and he comes over to ask how she's feeling after a moment she remembers everything including Chuck shooting Shaw Chuck tries to explain that he's still the same Chuck, but Sarah cuts him off. She says, you saved me, and I guess she's happy about him losing his innocence this time. They start to kiss, and it's romantic, but then the laptop beeps, and Beckman appears, so they spring apart. She congratulates them on their mission and tells them that they need to come back to Burbank right away for another one, but they say they're going to need a few more days in Paris and close the computer. So, I don't know if they've gone rogue now, but they have they have just kind of, they are ignoring her. Mm-hmm. Um... They are about to as uh, a lot of I like on Wikipedia it says this multiple times. They are about to make love. Yes,
1: that is how I saw it referred to. I that, yes. think that's what's gonna happen. And uh yeah. I was I was very uh on board with it. I was excited. Good. I know that
0: I right, listeners
1: may if you listen to our episode about Chuck versus the Colonel, I had some reservations about that. Felt very uncomfortable with it. But this time I was I was very happy. This time it yes. was
0: nice. And yeah. And we uh we pan out to the Eiffel Tower. Chuck
1: finally got to see the Eiffel Tower. I mean, the they're, they're not
0: like they're not on the Eiffel Tower. The hotel. They're looks making legit, love just to be clear. on
1: top of the Eiffel Tower.
0: I I'm sure it's been done. Oh, like I don't know how many times, but I feel like at least ten. I would yeah. say, if you've made love on the Eiffel Tower, please write <laughs> into us or a penthouse forum. I don't know, whatever. Feels I think that's
1: probably maybe just reach out to erin that i i don't really want to be involved in this so <laughs> it sounds like something she's really interested in i am but chuck finally got to see the eiffel tower that lifelong dream that we he had that he just announced on uh chuck versus first class
0: i really like so i read a couple reviews uh about this episode and a lot of people like re- did really respond like that it's kind of feels like a full arc that like early in the season he's like I love I would love to see the Eiffel Tower and then like he gets to see. And I do agree that like as a season arc, that's really good. But I just still really wish that it had been mentioned before, like this season, because it just feels like they had that idea this season. And like, I can't blame them for that. Sometimes things come up like later on, but it just like felt like very like oh, we want to end in Paris, uh, so we'll just be like, oh, Chuck has always wanted to see Paris. Yeah, like, that's,
1: it was yeah that's kind of the impression that I got, too, was that they were like, yeah. wouldn't this be great for a final scene? And then they are like, how do we yeah. introduce... It was bizarre that they didn't even... I would have been even more okay with it if they introduced Chuck wanting to see the Eiffel Tower in the season premiere when he's in Prague mm-hmm. and saying, like, are they yeah. going to Paris? Is that where they're headed on the train?
0: I don't know. That would make... have been
1: really it... good if they were trying to go to Paris and now they're ultimately finally in Paris.
0: Yeah, that's that's way better. See, we fixed it.
1: <laughs> so we're so good at uh, Monday morning cur- quarterbacking, Chuck. It's great. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so that is Chuck versus the other guy. The other guy was Shaw.
0: The other guy was that's Shaw. All need to know. I have um one one point of trivia from IMDb. Um, I just found this pretty interesting. It says, and I quote, "In the Chuck is drunk scene, so I guess that's what we're calling that." Both Chuck and Morgan make several references to John Hughes and his films. Hughes had died unexpectedly in August 2009, which is about the time this episode would have been filmed. Mm. So I thought that was interesting. I don't know how true that is. Like, I mean, obviously we know when he died and we know around when they were filming this. I don't know if they were inspired by that, but I kind of like to think that, like, something else had been going on in this scene and then, like, Hughes died and they were like, we want to make this tribute to him.
1: I have one piece of trivia that I want to share is that this episode somehow is not the season finale.
0: Oh yeah, 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 that's important.
1: I don't. You watch this episode and you're like, "This was a good season finale." And you're like, "This is yeah. not." There are. It's like I six more. I have no episodes. idea what's going to happen yeah. next. I, I do. If I recall correctly, that has proven to be correct sometimes while doing this podcast, and other times it has been incorrect. But I, I recall really liking the actual season finale. So I'm okay. excited to get to that, but I don't know if that I will be I know
0: Chuck's mom shows up at some point. I don't know if this is going to be like this season or the next mm. season, but I that's the thing I remember. And I remember Timothy Dolan is around, but I don't know when they're know, coming. Yeah,
1: They're they're definitely in season four, but who knows when they, yeah. they make their first appearance? Yeah. Yeah. Who could say? Uh,
0: who could say? But it was a really exciting episode. It was. I just realized I forgot to give it a ranking, but I I think I can. I can pull together something.
1: Next part of our show is Chuck, Mary Kill, where we decide to take one part of this episode that we'd like to marry and maybe even make love to it. Uh, once we're officially married, you know.
0: Yeah. Once we're officially married and in Paris.
1: Premarital sex is bad. Do not.
0: On the Eiffel Tower, we will maybe make we, love <laughs> to it. These are
1: the things we'll be making love to on top of the Eiffel Tower. Uh, and then there's another thing the The kill part of Chuck Murray kill is something that we're going to shoot and then eventually throw in
0: three times in the chest and then push off into
1: a the uh, what is the river there
0: the the Seine is that what it is yeah
1: maybe you've yeah. been to Paris I haven't
0: that's that's true I did see Paris and France
1: I had someone's underpants
0: yeah that's that's what I was trying to say I see London and I see France sorry I'm not up to date on my nursery nursery rides? I think I made that joke schoolyard chance?
1: I made that joke yeah the first you did. time. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm you just did. such an idiot. Anyhow, Chuck, Mary, Kill, Aaron. What would you like to marry and ultimately fornicate with on top of one of the world's most recognizable landmarks?
0: Um, I really just liked like the whole ending of this mm. episode. Um, I thought from the moment like maybe I had some like dubiousness about like the Sarah at the cafe drugged scene, but like from the second they're at the bridge to the end of this episode, I thought everything was delightful. I really enjoyed everyone's arc was really like. I mean, it was just a great, like, season finale. Of of course, it is not the season finale, (laughs) but I thought, um, like, Chuck's kind of... I don't know if, like, you can say that someone, like, committing murder is a redemption arc, but I thought, like, seeing, like, what would push Chuck to this, like, was very satisfying. Mm -hmm. I thought that Shaw was, like, appropriately sinister, but also still kind of the Shaw that we have seen throughout the season. Like, he kind of fulfilled that balance for me. I thought that the Morgan plotline was pretty well-resolved. I thought the Casey plotline was well-resolved. I liked seeing Chuck and Sarah, so I just think, like, the last, like, whatever, like, ten minutes of this episode were just, like, great, and I would like to marry all of them.
1: That's, uh, gonna be quite the orgy on top of the Eiffel Tower.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's like, um, what is, like, a uh... Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there. What's, like, the thing where, um... It's, like, like, dancers, and it's, like, uh... Like A, a, a flash, flash mob. mob. We're, we're gonna be like an orgy flash mob on top of the Eiffel Tower. we have a
1: sexual flash mob where people yes. are just going to all of a sudden start having sex with one another. <laughs> I'd be like, surprise! are you surprised? I
0: feel like that's happened before too, at least ten times. If you've ever done that, write right to me, I guess. <laughs> uh,
1: I would like to marry uh, I did, I really enjoyed the third act of this episode like Aaron did, but I, I really wanted to marry the elevator scene. Uh, where Chuck and Sarah keep having to add more people to their group of hostages. Oh yeah, that was so funny. The absurd comedy fan. Part of me wanted this to keep going and going until the elevator was like <laughs> uncomfortably packed with ring agents,
0: like Captain America. Yeah,
1: um, but more more packed than that, like so uncomfortably like busy rush hour <laughs> New York subway levels of being packed. And uh, I, I don't think that would have made sense from a show standpoint. But I wish they went there. Uh, but I still think it was a fun uh, a fun scene. And it was really kind of a good balance for such a dramatic episode because there's obviously the first act is pretty dramatic second act or third act is very dramatic. And then the second act, I feel like was good, uh, a good balance for that.
0: Absolutely agree. Um, I think for my kill, I think that the, um, the recording of Shaw and like, I like the payoff of Morgan recognizing that it's fake, but I thought that was just very confusing of like, Why Shaw had made that and why Chuck was so interested in it and why Chuck used it as proof that Shaw was a good guy. Um, I thought that was just like a little bit confusing and clunky, and I wish they had done something like a little bit less so to get to the point where Morgan, like, I don't know what they would have done. I feel like maybe it's kind of like a weird. I don't know. Do you have any ideas? Like how, why Morgan would have that footage and would be able to recognize it? Like, what if. Okay. This is just, like, off the top of my head, but what if instead that scene had been in Castle, and they, um, like, Morgan, like, sneaks into Castle because he knows where the secret entrance Mm -hmm. is, so maybe Morgan sneaks into Castle because he's like, okay, Chuck, I'm ready for my first mission, and then he sees that, like, he sees the recording of that. I still don't know why they would have had that
1: recording. Maybe they pulled the recording because they took it off of the ring servers, so they had the recording somewhere and, like, put it in a case report. And they had it and Morgan comes in and he sees like, oh, last night's report or whatever. So he's going through it and he watches the video Mm -hmm. and then he recognizes it as a fake fight, but he doesn't say anything. And then the next time he sees Chuck, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's kind of like how you guys staged that whole fight with Shaw with those henchmen that he clearly wasn't fighting. And then Chuck's like, what?
0: I think that would be good. And then that would cut out this, the like, instead of Morgan being kind of like whiny, it could be that Morgan was like went to help Chuck, and now instead of being like, "Oh, we'll never be spies," Morgan would be like, "Okay, here's how we get back in with Beckman." Is this mm. like that would be a lot more proactive? So we fixed it again. Monday morning quarterback, <laughs> which is not a not a phrase that I'm familiar with, but I I like that you introduced. I know me we're to not it.
1: football fans, but that's what they yeah. say is when you uh, when you say what the football players could have done differently on Monday morning is. Uh,
0: oh. I understand like back exactly drivers. that's
1: what we're doing that's what this whole podcast okay. is about is just uh, we know
0: we're into football we know michael strahan <laughs>
1: yeah we know michael strahan we're in <laughs> um
0: what would what, what is your kill so
1: i i think this is a really strong episode um but there there are details from the very beginning of the episode that i feel like because so much positive stuff or so much interesting stuff happens in the rest of the episode that it's easy to forget what happened in the beginning of the episode. And I just want to slow down mm-hmm. and kind of really examine things. Like, okay. why did... So Shaw told Sarah that they were going to this warehouse because they thought there was a ring leader in it somewhere. But when they go in, like, did Shaw set up all that video equipment? Did he coordinate with the ring <laughs> to coordinate the all the monitors playing this weird, like, this weird mashed-up footage of Shaw's, like personal videos of his wife with Sarah's red test footage. And also there's a tripod set up with a digital camera on it in front of like a soundstage. And I'm like, was Shaw's plan to kill Sarah here on camera while she's saying like, I love you to the camera like his wife was in the footage? And then all of that gets interrupted because Chuck barges in? Or did he literally just bring her? Why did he he must have been trying to kill her at this point? And then did he fabricate the the whole Paris plan after the fact? Because when they arrive in Paris, he's like, this was my, like, Chuck's like, oh, it makes a, a grim logic that you uh, would want to take oh, her yeah, to Oh, yeah, because he Paris said and, that
0: Shaw goes every year to do that. Yeah. That's what he figures out. I didn't point that out because I didn't think it was that important. So but. there's a whole
1: master plan of Shaw wanting to kill Sarah yeah. in Paris. So then why did he take her to this warehouse? And also, why did nobody think it was fucking weird that all of the stuff was going on in this first warehouse? Why did Beckman not really separate them? Why did Chuck not be like, why is all this stuff set up? Why wasn't Sarah concerned about it? And why did Sarah think that Shaw was so cool with her having killed? I felt like that was just very strange and left me very confused. It
0: was unclear if Shaw, like, called that all off because he, like, Cause it kind of seemed like he was about to kill her, and then she turned around, and then he kind of like in the moment was like, "Oh no, I wasn't gonna kill you, like whatever." And then Chuck shows up. Like, I, I feel like that could have been a little clearer. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that was a little bit confusing. What's not confusing? What's actually quite straightforward is the scooter scale, where we uh we rate this episode on a scale of zero to five corn dogs in memory of Scooter, who's the manager of the Wienerlicious. Aaron, how many corn dogs are you serving up today?
0: I'm I'm giving it the full five. Yeah, if I could give it more, I would. Wow. But uh, I'm giving it the uh, just five, and I think yeah, for all the reasons that I mentioned. Even though there were some holes and some things that I thought could have been better, I think ultimately this was a really fun, really satisfying episode, and the way that I felt watching it outweighs any of the logical problems mm-hmm. that uh, could be involved. I think that it was just really a fun time from start to finish and the ending like was such a high that the parts that were like a little bit lower didn't really matter.
1: I would agree with what that. What about com- you? I would agree with that completely. I also gave it five out of five. Yeah. Five corndogs. Um,
0: wow. I
1: think the, the acting was great throughout. I thought all of them did a great job. I feel like the writing was on point. Um, obviously there were some questions that we have, but I feel like, like you said, all of the positive stuff kind of, uh, overshadows that and it was full of drama action, suspense, humor Uh, it was really just the the perfect blend of everything and I'm glad that Shaw has fully transformed into a villain and uh, that Chuck and Sarah are finally together and are on the same page mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm proud that Chuck has uh, overcome his issues to protect Sarah and I watched the episode and I was like oh yeah this is this is it man this is I love this this is great <laughs> Um, this is
0: your Chuck. This is
1: what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. But I think maybe this is a polarizing opinion. I think that Shaw might be like the first actually good villain that. I really is think on that Chuck. is
0: polarizing because I feel like, in what I've read, he's the one, like he's the least favorite villain that Chuck has had. But for
1: the most part, like until this point, they're, all the villains and antagonists have kind of been like throwaway characters or they're kind of quirky or they're weird. Yeah. Or, but like Shaw is an antagonist who literally like was once he was there for the whole season
0: and he was like he had like the extra component of like being like a romantic rival Mm -hmm. so yeah i totally agree and i think that brandon routh plays it really really well um and like yeah because it's kind of like it's like on a logical level it's a little bit silly like not that you wouldn't be pissed at someone who killed your wife but like it's a little bit silly that like he's turned to the organization that, like, led to his wife's death instead of, like, because, like, I don't know. I think I think it's kind of complicated. And, like, a show other than Chuck might have been able to, like, explore the nuances of that. Like, a show like Mad Men maybe would explore the nuances of, like, from Shaw's perspective and everything. But, like, I feel like Brandon Routh just does such a good job that I'm, like, kind of like, yeah, okay. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, right. And I like that he's a villain, but, like, not... Like, it's not just that he's evil. I feel like that's so many, like, the ring director, we don't know anything about him. It's just that he, like, likes to be a bad guy, and he just is bad. But, like, Shaw is, like, turned bad, and I thought that was just interesting. Well,
1: it's, like, the classic kind of, um, you know, like, antagonist thing where it's, like, well, the antagonists don't view themselves as the antagonist of yes. their own story. Like, Shaw believes yeah. that he's the protagonist. Yeah, he needs to overthrow the CIA, but that
0: you know he's kind of uh, he he lived long enough to see himself be the villain. Exactly. No,
1: that's a reference to Batman. See,
0: yeah, Batman, let us in. I know
1: all about Batman. You're not invited to Batman. Batman's my thing.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, stay out.
1: Stay out of the Batcave. No girls allowed. No girls allowed in the Batcave.
0: Fortress. You will have fun in your Fortress of Solitude, then, Chris. Oh, it's a
1: Superman thing.
0: Oh, you're right. Can I?
1: Do you have anything else in the DC universe you'd like me to mansplain to you?
0: Um, I've been watching the Harley Quinn show.
1: There's a Harley Quinn show.
0: There's a Harley Quinn show and it's very like violent. It's like it's like animated, but it's like violent and swearing. And she she's really cool. Really cool. She says fuck a lot.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah. Easy it's though. kinda I mean it's like it's like birds of prey, but like a cartoon.
1: Oh, that's good. Thank you for yeah. describing the show I haven't seen by using a movie that I, I haven't seen.
0: I was female explaining to you. You were.
1: You really were. Girls
0: planning Is there well, there's not a term for that because it's done so infrequently, but I don't think go. that's
1: the case. <laughs> Anyhow, my name is Chris Gillespie, reminding you that food, like Daniel Shaw himself, is sexy.
0: My i I'm, I'm, I'm just so distracted to think about how uh sexy Daniel Shaw is, but uh my name is Erin Arada, letting you know that anything is possible. Like I'd like you to play us out by doing another elevator exercise, maybe.
1: Of course. Uh so you you step into the elevator and you, uh, hit one of the many buttons. You one of those round Ooh, buttons. They're uh, they're pretty smooth, and you hit wow. it. It presses, and there's a very satisfying click, and then that button lights up, and the electronic screen on the top of the elevator says "going down," and then that you watch as the the digital digits turn from from seven to six to five to four, to three, to two, to one. Thanks for listening. As always, a big thanks to the artist Hadakoa and the fine folks at freemusicarchive.org for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. If you want to drop us a line, you can reach us at gocheckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Go Check Yourself on your preferred podcast platform. New episodes come out every Monday morning and you do not want to miss a new episode. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.